This is the Commercial Property Cashflow Blueprint Podcast. Big Cashflow Property Secrets from retired Byron Bay surfing fanatic and commercial property expert, James Dawson. Hi everyone, it's James Dawson here from commercialrealestateinvesting.com.au and in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about the very important topic of commercial leases. Now, leases really are the backbone of a commercial property investment. They're a very, very powerful document in Australia, They're almost like a mortgage. And in fact, a lot of commercial property owners and tenants have the lease registered on the title of the property, just to give you an indication of how strong these leases are. Now, what I'm going to talk about today is just a brief rundown of what leases should include and then also chat about negotiating a new lease with an existing tenant that you may have and also things to watch out for when you're negotiating a lease for a new tenant. Commercial leases are very different from residential leases. Of course, most residential leases might go on average for six months and they really do favour the tenant of the property. Generally, uh, of course, they've never been signed in front of a lawyer. They're just signed in a real estate agent's office. They're a fairly standard thing. Now, as compared to a commercial lease, which typically might go for three years and then may have another two options for a further three plus three year options. And in fact, if you look online, sometimes you find properties that got options for 20 or 30 years on major properties. So they go for a very, very long time and generally written up by a solicitor and the tenant would also have a solicitor look at a lease document before they sign as well as you, the landlord. Now just one point I'll make here, residential leases are fairly standard as I mentioned, but commercial leases, pretty much anything can be negotiated in a commercial lease. Of course it is best to keep them simple and there's some major clauses that need to be put into a lease so that you get everything right from the start and everything's clear, it's very, very important. Just before I talk about what should be included in a lease, a lease really is the backbone of your investment and it is a bit of a two-way street. The owner's happy to get the rent for the property and the tenant's happy to have the security of a long-term occupation to grow his business in your premises. In fact, a good premises and location is going to add value to the business that it occupies and add value to the actual building that it's in. So it's a win-win for both the landlord and tenant. And as I mentioned, a well-worded and clear lease is going to be best for both parties and you can avoid a lot of drama and expenses down the track and the stress of potential disagreements if that document is properly worded up by a solicitor. Now, I always recommend you get a lawyer to do these things, but it's great as a commercial investor to know what should be in a lease and also be familiar with reading leases because sometimes you can pick up little issues. Now quickly going to run through what a commercial lease should include. Now this list isn't exhaustive and I do have checklists in my course to uh, run through these and some other specific little clauses you might want to watch out for, but it certainly should include the date that it starts and ends, a description of the shop and premises, that'll be all the title and lot details, and strata, lot details of its strata, how much the rent is, how the rent can be changed, Will that be CPI, consumer price index every year or a fixed percentage? The type of business that can operate from there? Any outgoings that the tenants must pay? So that could be water rates, insurance, maintenance, gardening, repainting every five years, 
management fees, land tax, any number of outgoings. We've got a great checklist for that. What other bond or security is needed? Generally, commercial tenants pay three to six months rent as a bond by way, generally, of a bank guarantee or cash. Also, who repairs and maintains the property and equipment? And also, generally speaking as well, the core trading hours and when the shop or office can be open or must be open for business in some cases. Now moving on now to have a quick chat about negotiating a new lease with an existing tenant that you may have. Now what you may find is that as a commercial property investor, that every say six years, something like that, the lease might actually be coming to a conclusion. It might have had two, three year terms and your tenant hopefully is happily working away in that premises and it's great time to review all sorts of things with the lease. Now, once again, I believe that everything's gotta be a bit of a win-win with the tenant and landlord, so it's a great time to have a look at lots of general things in that property and also in the lease. So just using the example, say, of a cafe-style tenancy, you may decide that you go and have a chat with the existing tenant and it's coming up to the end of the term and I suggest that this is done you know, probably six months before the end of the term and you're really looking for a couple of things here is to tidy up anything in the old lease that perhaps was a little bit grey and quite often I find, for example, that maintenance clauses in leases are sometimes a little bit grey in the way they're worded. For example, you might have something like you know, tenant to maintain air conditioning but landlord to replace air conditioning if it's major repairs. Well, what constitutes a major repair and what happens if the tenant doesn't do the maintenance and then that causes a major repair? So that's something that you could talk to your solicitor about. I won't go through the specific clause that I use, but you could have a chat to your solicitor about that if you find something like that. Um, And quite often also you'll have a redecoration clause in a lease that comes up at the end of the term. So this could be a great way to negotiate something with your tenant by way of saying, look, I'd like to give you a new lease and it is up for the normal redecoration process uh, according to the existing lease. So perhaps you might decide as a landlord that you might um, offer some help with that and that sort of can improve your property. Of course, it might be something you might say, look, I'll, I'll paint the awning outside or, or I'll fix uh, something outside that's gonna make the property look better and he can then go ahead and, and refurbish or repaint inside whatever his lease calls for. Sometimes it calls for painting, floor coverings and sometimes new fit outs as well that have to be done every five years. The big thing here is negotiating with an existing tenant is that if you've got a managing agent and I suggest please have managing agents for your properties, it saves a lot of heartache, that they will charge you roughly about 10% of the first year's rent to negotiate a new lease. So let's say the tenant's paying $40,000, that could be a $4,000 fee for from the agent just for negotiating the lease, which you can easily do yourself. And really, you just really wanna familiarize yourself with the marketplace. That's the first thing you need to do because you really need to determine whether your existing tenant is paying the right rent, not too high, not too low. And if it is too high, for example, and I've certainly done it in the past, it's sometimes better to bring that rent back to market and start afresh because what you will have in a new lease is generally speaking every three years, something like that, depending on how the lease is worded, you will have what's called a market rent review. And that's 
essentially to be fair, it means that if the rent is has outstripped the local market, let's say you've got similar size shops, for example, and all the shops up the street are paying $40,000 a year rent, something like that, and your shop is paying, say, $45,000, $46,000 a year, it's possibly paying too much rent for that premises, or the tenant's paying too much rent for that premises. So in that situation, the tenant can actually quite successfully argue with you that uh, the rent should be reduced. And I don't like to, it to get too out of hand. You know, you don't want to move down the track and find that suddenly you're getting, say, 50000 a year when you should be getting forty. That's all very well saying I've banked the extra money. But, you know, it's nice to have it slow and steady as you go and get the right rent every year uh, that goes up with consumer price index, CPI, etc. What I like to present to a tenant when negotiating a new lease, this is with an existing tenant once again, is just really a one-page summary of how the new lease will operate and what clauses will be in it. Now, for example, if you've got some redevelopment plans for that property, it would be a great time to think about having a demolition clause inserted in that lease, but that demolition clause may not take effect for about three years, something like that generally after the first term. So it's a great time to have a think about anything else you might be doing with that property or planning for that property and put that in that document, and that can be called a heads of agreement document, and give that to the tenant and say, here's all the new terms for the new lease I'm proposing. And they will, of course, include the rent, the, the way the rent increases, the way the rent's paid, the outgoings that are paid and actually give them the amount of the outgoings or an estimate of the amount of the outgoings so that everything's very clear. So it might be, for example, $40,000 a year rent plus an amount of outgoings every year that estimate is, say, $12,000. So that tenant knows that he's going to be paying roughly in the first year $52,000 per year. But this is a great area now when you're negotiating because quite often tenants will say, oh, well, you know, look, I'm struggling a bit or, you know, I want lower rent. Well, this is where you can perhaps negotiate a little bit with some maintenance issues and perhaps giving them a little bit. It might be, you know, look, I'll uh, replace some air conditioning or I'll do something at the back of that property or do something at the front of the property that may improve your business. And this can help you negotiate a win-win lease between you and the tenant. I'll just touch on the process of how leases get organised here because it's a little bit similar for brand new leases with new tenants and for new leases for existing tenants. And generally the process runs like this. You may have a chat on the phone or by email with the tenant saying, look, uh, your lease is up for renewal or you're preparing a new lease for a new tenant. Then you send over what's called a heads of agreement document, which is simply a letter or an email setting out the terms of the lease, including all their payments, as I mentioned, when the rent's paid, how much it is, what area it's for, includes some plans of the shop, for example, what outgoings are going to be paid, and any other information that's necessary, bank guarantee, of course, and then also putting the details of the shop clearly on there, or the shop or the office, and getting all their details back clearly as well, if they might be renting that in a company name, etc. So there could be a bit of toing and froing while you get all that information together. Now, once they agree to that, and there can be negotiations about that, once they agree to that, you can then send that to your solicitor and he will draw that up as a draft lease. 
generally then he will send that over to the tenant solicitor and they will review that and you can still negotiate from there. So they may come back with something that they're not happy with and or they want an addition to it and you can think about it from there. And then after a period of time, of course, the lease gets signed and the money gets paid. There also can be negotiations on the cost of drawing up the leases depending where it is and what type of tenancy it is. There's various uh, rules. The Retail Tenancy Act, for example, does cover a bit of that. I won't go into that in this podcast, but there's various rules about who pays costs for drawing up leases on properties, and that can vary from state to state. So definitely get legal advice uh, from your lawyer before you enter into any negotiations, perhaps, and definitely get them to draw up a lease for you. I highly recommend that. Now, a couple of quick tips here for negotiating a lease with a brand new tenant. So let's say, going back to that cafe example, that you have a cafe space or something you've just bought and it's coming up for lease. One of the best things I feel to do is to really present the property correctly and fully uh, by way of providing documents to any prospective tenant. So those documents could include, say, plans of the space and then clearly setting out, basically giving them a heads of agreement saying, here are the lease terms that I would like. And it would set out all those things I mentioned before that need to be included in leases. So just go back to the start to hear those again. But it's essential that you really make it very clear because you want a tenant to be fully informed about what they're signing or what draft lease they're getting at least, and sometimes even some landlords will include a draft lease ready to be uh, signed and agreed upon when they meet potential tenants. That's a great idea. Another uh, great idea is to provide any prospective tenant with details of rents that are in the area so that they know they can immediately compare uh, apples with apples and they know that the rent and outgoings that you're telling them for your premises is actually a reasonable amount or compares well with other places nearby. There's an old saying in uh, property sales, for example, which is well listed means half sold. So the more information you can give a prospective tenant, the easier they're going to be able to make a decision. And that's what you want. You don't want to waste time. Hopefully you don't have too many vacancies, but uh, you want to really shorten that process up and not have them coming back to you asking all sorts of questions. They're going to have questions anyway, but the more information you can give them initially, the better off you're going to be. Now, I always suggest when you're looking for a new tenant and negotiating a lease, go for as long a term as possible. So you might initially put to them that it's five plus five plus five years term. So that means they have a five-year term, then they have a second five-year term and a third five-year term. And that can be great for your financing and adding value to your property. So very, very important that you try for a longer term. Now that can be negotiable. Some tenants come back and say, look, I'm only comfortable in in signing a three plus three plus three. And certainly that can be in a negotiation. And some tenants, if they're starting out, will want to sign a shorter lease. But I do have a little method for negotiating with them because perhaps you might want to charge them a higher rent if the initial term is short because potentially they might be in and out of there in a couple of years, which is not going to be so good for you as the landlord. So in that situation, they would have to be made aware of that and then perhaps ask for a little bit more rent for that property. At the start of this podcast, I mentioned clauses that should be standard in any lease. 
So certainly go back and have a listen to those if you just want to rewind the podcast a little bit. But there's certainly some clauses that you should consider having in uh, a lease. And if they're not uh, standard, you can note them down. It's certainly a great thing to chat to your lawyer about them. And one of them is is a make good clause at the end. Quite often it's standard in leases, but it can be um, an issue when a tenant's moving out the end. Who actually owns the fit out of the property? Um, Who's responsible for the maintenance of that fit out and the removal at the end? Uh, Also the redecoration clause. What does that actually include? You know, try to be specific there. You know, is it full painting? You know, is it is it re-jip rocking? Is it redoing the bathroom tiles? You really want to sit down and have a think about what that space is going to look like in say five years' time, and and really the tenants in there using that space, and it's going to be better for them if it looks fresh as well, but better for you as the landlord as it maintaining your property. Also, uh, you need to really focus down on the insurances, and just one little tip there: if they are cooking in that property. You want to make sure that if there's any extra premium paid because they're deep frying, for example, something like that, that uh, they will pay that and you're not going to be disadvantaged. If there's car parking, it's great to nominate where the car parks are and how many car spaces can be used. Now, for example, that could be something that could be great upside in a property down the track if you're only giving the tenant perhaps two or three car spaces and then let's say there's five in that area that then you could retain a couple of those quite reasonably because you've only offered them three in the lease and you may want to rent those out separately. So it's really just about having a look and making sure that you're covering yourself as a landlord for stuff that you think about may happen down the track. One very important clause to consider, particularly if you own the whole building, is a demolition clause. And I go through that thoroughly in my property course because if you're considering redeveloping the property, Sometimes the development plans can take two, three, four or five years or even longer and you're planning well in advance to do work to that property. And as a landlord, a demolition clause gives you the right to give the tenant a certain amount of notice so that you can come in and do work. It may even just be doing work at the rear of the property or more extensive work where you actually have to ask the tenant to move out for a period of time and come in. So your solicitor can advise you on that, but it's a very important clause to consider, particularly if you are considering any development work down the track. Once you become a commercial property investor, you will notice that financiers, banks and brokers will really focus a lot on the quality of your lease document. So it's really worthwhile making sure you get really good legal advice and have a very clear document that sets out all those points I've mentioned. Because let's say you have two properties and one's got a short lease that's perhaps an older lease document and it's a little bit grey in its uh, terms and, and clauses as compared to another property that's got a longer lease and it's a nice standard format, quite often it may be easier to finance that property with the longer lease than the one with the shorter, not so good lease. So it's something to consider when you're looking at properties as an investment as well. And I'll go through a checklist of those in the course of how you can go through a lease and really read between the lines to see if you may have any future issues with that document. So I hope that's been of interest just touching really on that subject there because it's a very, very in-depth subject and certainly looking forward to chatting again soon. Thank you.